Hi everyone. Hi guys. Welcome back to Flick Talk with your favorite hosts, Fee and Belle. I'm Fee. And I'm Belle. And today we'll be looking at um, Made in Manhattan. That's M A I D, <laughs> not M A D E. Haha. But a But a Um. But yeah, so we're gonna progress from the Princess Diaries talk and delve into this semi Cinderella esque story. Um. As usual, I'm going to start us off with the kind of logistics of the movie. Um, And then, yes, here we go. Made in Manhattan. So I'm going to start off, as I usually do, with a preface or um, a description of some sort. For those of you who still aren't watching the movies, I don't know what you're (laughs) doing here if you're still not watching the movies. Um, But yeah, here we go. Um, So Marissa Ventura is a single mother born and bred in the boroughs of New York City who works as a maid in a first-class Manhattan hotel. By a twist of fate and mistaken identity, Marissa meets Christopher Marshall, a handsome heir to a political dynasty who believes that she is a guest at the hotel. Fate steps in the way and throws the unlikely pair together for one night. When Marissa's true identity is revealed, the two find that they are worlds apart, even though the distance separating them is just a subway ride between Manhattan and the Bronx. I don't believe, I don't, that last sentence I don't agree with, but <laughs> what did you think of this spell? I thought it was cute. I thought it was a cute movie. It was very, I mean, the first thing that was very striking was this, um, the fairy tale element that it had. And like the sim- mm-hmm. similarities yeah, sure. to um, Cinderella, um, it's got like the whole a lot, um, which a lot of um, this is something that a lot of um, critics mention, um, and they use the phrase like yeah, it's a sure. rags to riches story, which um, yeah, I definitely saw that come to life in it. Um, yeah, I liked it. I yeah. didn't love it. I didn't dislike it or hate it. I just thought it was like an average, average movie. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I think I'm gonna obviously we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about this more but I I think this was like a perfect step on to from the Princess Diaries yes. because it's kind of like a little rom com that a child can watch and it's suitable for them or whatever or it's it's a really good um uh in terms of like teaching lessons right. to a child yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. really I important. Agree. So I think this is a good progression. Yes. Um, from the previous movies that we've yeah. talked about. Um, so, I'm going to move on. Directed by Wayne Wang, who also directed Last Holiday, which is one of my faves, with Queen Latifah oh, in common. Oh, really? It was, I think it's one of the two rom-coms that he did with oh. Made in Manhattan. So, yeah, it's a very cute movie, guys. If you, I think we probably have it. I think we're going to do it soon. Um, but yeah, so um, Wayne Wang was one of the first Chinese American filmmakers to gain um, a major prominence in Hollywood. Um, oh wow! Aside from these two rom coms, his he mostly um, delves in like indie films, um, and then about contemporary Asian American culture and domestic life. Um, 
moving on to the screenplay, which was written by Kevin Wade, who also wrote Working Girl in 1988 with Sigourney Weaver. I think it was Harrison Ford. And then someone I can't Um, The story is also uh, written by Edmund Dantes, who is not an actual person, but is a pseudonym for the ever so iconic John Hughes. Oh, um, I I have no idea who that is. I'm going to list the movies. I think you will. The most famous. I mean, not the most famous. Actually, Breakfast Club. Oh wow! Club oh, that's cool. Is made by okay. him. Um, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is one of my favorite movies, <laughs> um, with Matthew Broderick and Sixteen Candles. He's made Home Alone. I think did he I know I'm not sure if he did Home Alone 2. Maybe he did Home Alone 2 and not Home Alone 1. Can't remember. But um yeah, and he also did Uncle Buck, who if oh, anyone's watched one, that movie. Know. That is also a really cute movie. <laughs> um But yeah, so why I think he created a pseudonym, um, Edmund Dantes, is because he was going to direct his own screenplay, which was called The Chambermaid, with Hilary Swank as the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2001, in January, um, they said that he was uh, he was going to produce only um, when the film would start shooting, which was around, like, March or something. Um, yeah. And then by later on, like, that year, they um, basically said that Hughes and Swank were out, and Jennifer Lopez um, was in negotiations for the lead. Um, and then they basically just updated the whole story. And basically, the um, like his version of the story was completely kind of unwritten. Um, oh, sorry, wow. Sorry, not unwritten. What's the word? Um, just basically like cast aside. Just basically cast oh, no. aside and like mm. updated and basically wasn't his story anymore. Um, oh, and... Yeah. And so then they moved on with Wayne Wade, um, who um, updated the story um, and wanted Sandra Bullock to be the um, oh, lead. But then I think she passed. And so they, I, so she, she passed and then they went on to Julia Roberts. Um, but then obviously they both passed. And therefore we have the episode, lovely J-Lo. Yeah. Um, there in we go. the movie. Um, so it was produced um, by Columbia Pictures Revolution Studios and Hughes Entertainment wink wink distributed by um, (laughs) Sony Pictures releasing release date December 13th 2002 which is one of my best friend's birthday it's also Taylor Swift's birthday Uh, of course I knew that Um, (laughs) it was on a budget of 65 million dollars and made the box office of $163.8 million. Um, which is surprising because, as we're going to find out, it wasn't that popular no. with the uh, US audience. Uh, actually, even the global audience. Um, so, yeah. Um, another fact I found, in addition to the whole release, is that um, it beat out... Like it was number one on its opening weekend with eighteen point seven million dollars, and it beat out Star Trek: Nemesis by less than two hundred thousand. 
Which is Seriously? so bizarre. Which is so bizarre. Because Star, Star Trek. Trek. I mean, I've never seen Star Trek, but Same. I know it's got like an amazing following. Legacy. So I'm surprised yeah, it. yeah. Maiden Manhattan <laughs> beat Star Trek. Exactly. Like, isn't that like a... I was going to say crime against nature. Um, not crime against nature. But, like, isn't that, like, almost blasphemous for people that, like, are such mm-hmm. big fans of this franchise? And, like, I mean, it beating out, like, a rom-com. I mean, I wonder if it's the appeal of, like, J-Lo, obviously, being, like... Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, a singer, a musician, an artist, and then seeing her like trying you know start dabbling and acting so i yeah. wonder if it's that whole thing of oh j-lo in a movie let's let's see what this movie has to offer so that that might have been why i mean because I, I think that was, would have yeah. definitely generated a lot of um a lot of interest i think yeah yeah i mean i do think she was quite established by this time but i mean i mm-hmm. i mean it is a disgusting as an actress a- you mean as an actress yeah yeah for sure okay I think Mm. because she did like so she did which I always confused by this movie is um, the wedding planner like a year before this I think this movie when this movie came out this was with Matthew McConaughey which I think we're also Mm -hmm. going to do um, and obviously J-Lo but yeah so she did that movie and then she did like Selena which was like one of her most iconic roles till now Um, Mm. she did a lot of those movies yeah but like I'm still like a bit like how did a franchise like be you know like get beat yeah. by a rom-com yeah. but I mean I'm that's really an interesting topic that. that's I'm an interesting really topic because rom-coms don't ever get them like as r- big recognitions mm. as franchises you're right you're right I feel like they're like the movies that kind of they're one of the ones that aren't really classed as like si- Film, cinematic yeah. and yeah I mean, yeah, now that I just think of it, yeah. I, Sex and the City was a franchise and it was a rom-com. But anyways, moving mm. on. Um, uh, principal uh, photography commenced in New York City in April, just months after the 9-11 acts. Um, mm-hmm. And you can actually... Well, they filmed um, the like towers of the Trade Center Um uh, which were destroyed and stuff, and you can actually see it, but they didn't obviously include it because of, uh, you know, how tragic the the incident was. Filming was also carried out at both New York's Roosevelt Hotel and Waldorf Astoria Hotel, which is a good, as a Gossip Girl hotel, if anyone knows. Um, no one cares, but... Um, um, For all the non-Gossip Girl fans, I'm with you. Honestly, I don't care Sorry. either, but it was like Waldorf... <laughs> Um, Astoria was like a main fixation there. Um, oh, right. Filming also took place in Morris Heights section of Bronx on E175 Street between the Grand Concourse mm-hmm. and on Jerome Avenue. I've heard Jerome Avenue is a pretty um, iconic avenue in the Bronx. Um, oh, okay. And yeah, on the film's first day production in the Bronx, paparazzi and spectators forced filming to stop. And police were called as a result of pandemonium because of J-Lo. Because mm. obviously, hometown, mm-hmm. glory. Yeah, yeah. Um, now I'm going to move on to the cast. As I mentioned, Jennifer Lopez as Marissa Ventura. Um, Ralph Fiennes, I'm going to say Fiennes. I think that's how you pronounce the name. 
<laughs> as Christopher Chris Marshall, um, Ralph Fiennes, who you'd also known as Voldemort, who he who shall now shall not be named, um, and other roles. Um, Natasha Richardson, who unfortunately very tragically passed away, um, she was in the parent uh, parent trap. Yeah, and she, um, I really loved that movie actually. Now that I think about it, it was a really good movie with her. Um, and she was also the wife of Sir Liam Neeson. Um. Stanley Tucci, who is like my favorite person in the whole world. I love Stanley Tucci. He's just, oh, he's just so cute. Um, he's just a cute human being. And like, if you see Stanley Tucci's Instagram right now, and like, do you follow game, him? He's just, I do follow him. Oh. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't follow. Okay, so on my like personal Instagram, I don't follow celebrities because a lot of the times it's like really just like so much like you know yeah um but i i just go on his like page and he does like this thing called cocktails with stanley or something and he's had this like new show where he's going around italy and like um i think he's doing like recipes or something um he's just a really sweet human being and like if you are a fan of podcasts if you're here i understand you are but (laughs) there's a podcast by dolly alderton um and it's a called conversations about love or something like that i think it is conversations about love and there's an episode um where she has stanley tucci on and it is like that's when i started like really liking him because he spoke about like um his previous marriage and like how he fell in love with his wife now and like it's just so sweet and i just want to give stanley tucci a hug (laughs) he's just the most cutest person in the world but, um, yeah, I like go. him. Um, Sammy Tucci has Jerry Siegel, Tyler Posey, young Mr. Tyler Posey, who you might know from Teen Wolf. Of course. I mean, I don't Ty watch Ventura. Teen Wolf, but I have seen like no, him no, in like the mind. trailers and stuff. So I was like, I've seen his face. I, when I saw like him as a little boy, I was like, I've seen a f- his face somewhere. And then I Googled it and I was like, I've oh, that's the guy. of him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, that's the guy from Teen Wolf. And he looks exactly yep. the same. He looks exactly, exactly the, same, the same. Literally. That's the thing about this movie. Everyone that's been in this movie looks exactly the same. Yeah. Like, even J-Lo. You're right. To a certain extent. You're right. Yeah. When J-Lo's I, yeah. just like... Yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah. No, I was going to say when I googled the cast, they all look like good. <laughs> they all look exactly really good. Exactly the yeah. same. Exactly <laughs> the same. It's crazy. Um, Francis Conroy as Paula Burns. Um, Chris Eigerman as John Beckstrom and ladies and gentlemen another little tick on the Gilmore Girls references he played um, Jason on Gilmore Girls he's the most hated character on Gilmore Girls because him and Lorelai just never worked sorry I'm just filling in <laughs> Belle um, not that she cares um, but basically they Lorelai and um, Jason were in a relationship and it was just like the most hot it wasn't the most horrible relationship, but he was just the most horrible guy, if that right, makes sense. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, sorry. So yeah, Chris <laughs> Eigerman as John Beckstrom. Um, Amy Sedaris as Rachel Hofberg. Um, Marissa Matrone as Stephanie Gahoe, who I think you might know from The Sopranos. Um, I never saw The Sopranos. I know it was like really raved about, really but I never, I never watched it. But I think at some point, I guess we're in lockdown, so... This this What's is a good season. Yeah, this is a good opportunity to watch it. 
It's uh, yeah, it's very good. Yeah. I mean, I understand the hype. Um, yeah, watch. I think I might go and I think I might start watching the latest seasons now. Um, yeah. Priscilla Lopez as Veronica Ventura. Um, Bob Hoskins as Lionel Block. Now, Bob Hoskins is a really renowned British actor, and he's been in a lot of things. But I for I can't remember what I've seen him in. I went through his old, like film uh, filmography and stuff. Mm. I just I don't know what I've seen him in, but I've seen him. Um, I think he was like in a franchise movie, or like maybe I think he used to be on a TV series that used to be really popular here, oh. um, in England. No, I don't recognize him. Um, I don't think I've seen him in anything same. else. But it doesn't come across. But I know I've seen him in something, mm. um, something else. But yeah. Anyways, moving on. Mm-hmm. Lisa Roberts, um, Julian, who is Julia Roberts' sister, as Cora. Um, Maddie Coleman as Lisette. Sharon Wilkins as Clarice. Jeffrey Dinowitz as Congressman Gray, and he's actually an actual senator oh. or like congressman yeah. in real life. Um, yeah, I think they just made him like a special appearance. D, I can't even say this name. Quan as Lily Kim, Marilyn Torres as Bob, and Lou Ferguson as Keith Townsend. So yeah, I have literally just like two or three facts about this movie. Again, was, couldn't find that much. Nothing exciting. Um, nothing really exciting, guys. Mm. Um. So, the film is loosely based on a true story. In 1959, yep, Stephen Clark Rockefeller, son of Governor Nelson Rockefeller, married Anne-Marie... Oh, fuck, I can't even say this name. Rasmussen? Rasmussen? I don't even know. A maid who had worked at his family's Manhattan Hotel. Um, If you don't know, the Rockefeller family, I mean, if you're a Rockefeller, you're you've basically won a life like it is just (laughs) the most it's based on a lot of heritage but obviously it's like they are basically loaded at every given point in life so if you're a Rockefeller at any stage you've just won a life um the pink gown that Jennifer Lawrence Loeb I always say I always want to say Jennifer Lawrence I don't know why um, <laughs> the pink gown that Jennifer Lopez wears to the fundraising dinner is a vintage gown from the 1950s. This was told by Jennifer to a con- contestant auditioning on American Island, Island, American Idol. <laughs> I was um, like, oh, I've never seen American Island. <laughs> what's American Island? <laughs> I wonder what that is. <laughs> Um, so basically the contestant told J-Lo that she was a really big fan of the movie um, which okay and tried to find a duplicate of the same gown for her prom but was unable to find one and so J-Lo said of course because this was a vintage gown from the 50s it was beautiful yeah. can we just talk about that yeah blue? that was gorgeous oh, she just looks so good yeah. I feel like J-Lo in any dress looks amazing no she so looks good just... I mean even now I think I think she's in her 50s. Yes. Is she in her 50s? JLo is for sure in her 50s. And yeah. yeah, she looks amazing. 51. Yeah, she's 51. Oh gosh, yes. Yes, her jewelry. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was beautiful. But like JLo, I really want to know what you did. 
was it baby oil like <laughs> coconut oil was it just being not problematic and not drinking alcohol is that what it happened <laughs> who knows who knows okay JLo let us know your secrets because we are coming for it like JLo just doesn't look she doesn't even like look like She's in her twenties in that movie. If yeah, that makes sense. Like, she could, yeah, yeah. She she looks really, really young. It's really weird how to describe she looks that. Really young, and that was only in. It was made in two thousand two, wasn't so it? Young. It was twenty. No, it was nineteen years ago. Fuck! I feel so old. <laughs> <laughs> I look older than Jayla. Like this is a problem. Oh, stop it! You're being dramatic. <laughs> I look older than Jayla. I want oh, to be like Jayla. You just honest, need a I good a good nighttime skincare routine for you. That's even not even true. I feel like JLo works out 72 hours a day and is has just so much water and has <laughs> access to the fa- like the fountain of youth. Maybe it's just those Latina jeans. Yeah, good jeans. Anyways, good moving jeans. on to uh, moving on to Bella's section. <laughs> I'm done rambling about Jayla. Okay, so we are starting with the soundtrack like always. Um, so this movie has 14 songs. Um, a lot of the artists are actually recognised. So, mm-hmm. of course, you've got um, I'm Coming Out, I'm Coming Out um, by Diana Ross. You've got um, Train on a Track, which I'm not familiar with, but um, it's by Kelly Rowland. And then you've also got I'm just thinking if I recognize... Oh, the Pointer Sisters. The Pointer Sisters. Um, which I think they what, were from... What song do they have on there? Um, it is called... Yes, We Can. I'm trying to remember what point in the movie it, um, they play it, but I can't remember. I but yeah, I mean... Um, yeah, I like... Um, overall, I did like the songs um, in this in this movie i feel like in every other episode there's been like an interesting fact about or interesting point about some um, at least one of the musicians or um i really love the soundtrack actually this is like the one movie where i really cool, love i recognize yeah. every song except for the pointer one i didn't know that they, they had a song yeah like i that. recognize a lot of songs from this film as well so paul simon really cool. yeah the starting of the movie and nora jones the one when she's on the on yes. um What's yes. Nora Jones is the come away don't something come away with I me mm. come away with me. I love Nora Jones yeah. so I love that song um, yeah but yeah I mean I yeah I did like the soundtrack overall I think yeah I think that was my favourite part of the movie <laughs> <laughs> me and Julio down by the schoolyard <laughs> and then I mean yeah that's all I have to say about the soundtrack literally does nothing interesting really that I found out about it so moving on we are going to the script and so so basically there's um the script is classed as a romantic a romantic slash comedy slash drama and I think it definitely fulfilled all of those criterias um for romance obviously as expected you've got the romantic element when we see marissa and christopher's relationship you've got the comedy element with marissa's co-workers and um i feel like they're there and they're there a lot of the time to provide comic relief especially her friend stephanie 
who's like really close to her yeah and then you've got like the drama element which adds a touch of seriousness but it doesn't make it too intense and i guess that um that comes from like the political issues that come up in the film so like when they stress on like the political issues about obviously christopher is a politician and um he's basically wanting to advocate for like more funding for um poorer communities and stuff like that so you've got those elements in there and then you've got of course the social divide between rich and poor and that's really heavy um, yeah i would say that's where the most drama is is like the whole class issue that they have yeah exactly which yeah of course um j-lo is from like a um, lower social class and chris is from a um, a much wealthier um, standing Manhattan so, yeah exactly and and I, I actually like the fact that they um, celebrate her um, Puerto, well the character's Puerto Rican heritage and mm-hmm. like um, like actually her speaking Spanish sometimes and the fact yeah. that it wasn't like dismissed or like dumbed down yeah they for just, sure like, yeah it's just like part of her life her day-to-day life like we see Mm -hmm. her being herself a puerto rican woman so Mm. i like that which a lot of like the rom-coms always whitewashed characters which is really exactly yeah i was just about to say they didn't try to force her into a box exactly yeah yeah so i like that and um i mean yeah all all in all i'm um, i mentioned this at the beginning but it had a lot of fairy tale elements um you know and there were a lot of similarities with cinderella and mm-hmm. i felt like it was like a modern twist on cinderella because you had um natasha richardson richardson's character who yeah. um of course plays well, caroline, caroline. Mm-hmm. and she's i feel like she's almost like the evil stepmother yeah and then you've kind of got chris who's like the prince and you've got her friends who are like the pumpkins <laughs> Yeah, like the pumpkins and the mice and all. Yeah. <laughs> and Do you know who like I would say w- would be the god, fa- the godmother or something? Probably who the son. The godmother. The son. Yes. Yes. The son yeah. or Stephanie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think it's a tie. I think it's definitely a toss-up between one of them. But yeah, I thought it was like a modern twist on Cinderella, where you still had the for villain, sure. and you yeah, still. And sure. I feel like her friends were kind of like the. Oh no! I was gonna say the stepsisters, but the stepsisters are sisters are bad. So, yeah, like I yeah, work. like pu- the pumpkins or like yeah, they're the, the pumpkins mice. and like the animals, like the horses yeah, that help for Cinderella, the horse exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, going on to setting, um, this movie is set, of course, in New York, Manhattan, and most of the movie takes place in the hotel that Marissa works at and sometimes mm-hmm. we see her at home and um and i think overall there's um there was a good message at the end of the movie and yeah. w- one of the ones that stood out for me was um the fact that marissa wants to become a manager she wants to move on from being a maid and she wants to actually um like progress in her job and become a manager and um doesn't really want to settle for the lifestyle that she's got but her mum mm-hmm. her mum's like kind of like oh be realistic and she she's yeah. she's like the person that's it's like the per like that um you, it's like the image of like the the person on your shoulder telling like whispering into your ear that no you can't achieve this and you can't do this and you can't do the that devil. 
Yeah, exactly. And she's <laughs> and like dressed in like red. <laughs> dressed in red, exactly. Or black, I don't know. Whatever but, you believe um, in. Exactly. But um yeah, I like the message of her just kind of dis like just continue like just basically wanting to be ambitious and strive for more than what she had. And that's really mom's... interesting you say that though. Mm. Because yeah, I on. think it was a trope that wasn't necessary. Like, thinking about... I mean, I think I'm coming from a perspective of a... We're in 2021. I think mm. I would like to preface saying that I'm coming mm. from this perspective. But wouldn't somebody... Or, I mean, wouldn't your parent want you to succeed and... Yeah. Achieve whatever? And isn't this essentially a thing of the American dream where you can kind of go from not and that's another thing where I hate that this film always like throws around the word made as a term of insult when it's really not yeah yeah that's what I would change if I made the movie now I think it's just like these people are you know um service you know offer exactly. a service to us and exactly. we should be so grateful for the people that exactly right are like leaving their families and going to work and stuff um at hotels and just anything anyways i'm getting off topic yeah. but i think that trope of where you're saying that you know like the mums disagreeing i th- i feel like that's mm. really a reversal of what the american dream offers or what the american dream yes. advertises if that makes yes, sense yes yes and it's I really intru- interesting um coming from um coming from like a, a minority background basically mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. where you know she's being it's not she's being forced but she's being told that basically there is nothing you can do which is which will be better than being a maid mm-hmm. which is bullshit but anyway yeah it's yeah it's just i mean i so yeah i agree with you i think that was a good lesson that was a good lesson in the movie but i don't think it was a a necessary storyline i think it definitely could have done without it yeah 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 and then i did think i did think that um the next thing i'm um, I'm about to mention i thought that was a gap in the movie so basically we at the very beginning we hear we hear about Ty's Ty's dad and mm. Ty's um um her son. So for all the listeners that did not watch the movie <laughs> Get out. But uh, <laughs> joking. Please exit stage left. <laughs> anyway. Um but yeah, at the beginning we hear about Ty's dad. Mm-hmm. And it's literally like seconds and there's nothing that comes up about him at yeah. all throughout the Honestly, movie and yeah. I, yeah I just thought that was just unnecessary I think if they really wanted to go with that scene they could have elaborated more on her relationship with Ty's dad yeah but I think they just tried to sell the whole single mother oh uh, right character. yeah 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 I'm, it's I'm like guessing. she's the only person he can depend on and yeah exactly yeah and they have yeah. such close relationship and she honestly she's the only person that he can depend on and rely on basically yeah yeah the th- yeah i just think the movie could have done without it i it, it yeah. wasn't necessary it wasn't necessary and oh and now going on to favorite scenes mm-hmm. what was your favorite scene for you i would say 
probably the last scene where they like all reunite and like mm. the kid is asking him a question and oh, really or yeah. the dance the ballroom scene where JLo walks in and mm. looks beautiful yeah. yeah yeah and it's like everyone's just got their eyes on her and yeah but oh my god I'm gonna go on another but I also love the scene between Lionel <gasps> and yeah that was mine that was my favorite scene yeah yeah no, sorry sorry no 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 go so ahead gonna, go yeah, ahead and then I'll that. go after um I really love the whole and I think that's where my whole thing comes of that this movie is kind of like a lesson for like not a lesson but like just a, like a reminder for how to treat mm-hmm. people that work in the service industry yeah. Um, especially for young kids who like that's why I, that's why I said when we started this episode is like such a good progression um, movie for like kids that have watched The Princess Dies and then the next one they yeah. would watch this movie um, it's such a good lesson that like you don't think of people as rich or like whatever you think that you you're offering them a service and he said something that was really interesting he said something that like we're not service yeah. we're offering them a service we never think of what do it's you such say? a like, beautiful don't let your position... um, beautiful line um he says he says something like um don't let your prof- don't let your position determine your work yeah like don't like let that. like don't yeah let don't your... let people treat you something like don't let people treat you like poorly basically the idea was don't let people treat you poorly just because you know, they kind of look down on your job and that what, yeah. you know, to serve people exactly. is, a, is a, a good thing and it's a privilege. So, yeah. Which I think people need a reminder yeah. of right now. But yeah. anyways, sipping tea. <laughs> Sorry, what was yours? Yeah, that was my my favourite scene. I'm Lionel and Marissa. Yeah. And you literally, you yeah. took the words out of my mouth. So, yeah, that was literally my... Sorry. Oh, please, stop it. <laughs> but no yeah this is why we did a podcast because we think yeah. alike great minds think alike guys so <laughs> great minds think alike so yeah that's that on the script and we will move on to the critical response this movie yeah this yeah. movie got a lot of um, mixed reviews I mean it seemed like half the people thought it was decent and half the people were like no I hate it um mm-hmm but um, in general one thing that like the general average audience and um, like actual um, well-renowned critics kind of agreed on was that they liked J-Lo as the lead female character but didn't like Rolf mm. Fiennes as the lead male character which I thought was really interesting same really I don't like the chemistry. They don't have no see, chemistry. See, that's what that's another thing. I was going to go see Fee, honestly. Sorry. She's I taken the words out of my my <laughs> my mouth, guys. No, but no. This is the description of yeah, this episode. Yeah, no, but honestly, like uh, that's what a lot of critics said that they thought there was no chemistry. Um, but yeah. I think individually, yeah, they would have like they that like individually their characters like they they fit this type, but the chemistry just was like not cool it was just it just it made it really orcs yeah no i was not feeling it like i wonder who who would you have cast besides j-lo that would have probably made the chemistry better 
see it's interesting you say that because I don't think I know Hillary Swank was someone that they considered I don't think that would work I do not think that would work no I think she's more she's more suited to like serious yeah really I, I think she's more suited to like serious roles I don't see her as a like a rom-com leading lady yeah but who would I cast see someone like um oh um Jennifer Aniston mm. no actually I take that back I take that back mm. The thing is, I like JLo's casting because I love this whole thing of, and I know we 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 don't want to go on to that, but the whole tr- the mm-hmm. whole Latina trip that they've put in this movie, I think it needs to be there because it needs to teach people a lesson of how to treat and how like how to um not associate or stereotype mm-hmm, a minority. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. it would be really it's beneficial for audience yeah. members. But yeah. Even if you consider the time that it was made, nine yeah. eleven, which you know was obviously a, a massive tragedy, and but the, but the racism post that and stuff just towards people of color, I think it was definitely needed for somebody, for for yeah a person of color to be to be out part of the cast. So I would recast the man rather yeah. than Jada. Um, yeah, I like Jada as the. Um as the leading lady him um i'm neither here nor there really ben affleck oh no oh no they were a couple during that time gosh no ben affleck looks so weird right now have you seen him (laughs) not in person (laughs) but like down the road (laughs) i mean ben (laughs) just hello buddy <laughs> I haven't seen him recently, Fee. Uh, <laughs> haven't seen Ben recently. I saw this Instagram video of they were doing this actors mm. roundtable with Ban b- with Ban with Ben Affleck and like uh John David Washington, Glenn um what's oh not Glenn Close. Sorry, Glenn Close is a woman. <laughs> um I think it was Gary Oldman and so, and a few others and he like literally looks so different. I need to show you this video, but he looks like he doesn't look like Ben Affleck. He looks like someone else. Yeah, I think I'm not a big up. fan of his acting in general. To be honest, I think it's like not Matthew I think it's Mc- like the Batman yeah. movies that he did were just like ugh, that's yeah, it, not, bro. That's it, Ben. Yeah, chill out. No, it's like let Christian Bale do it justice, please. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of another male lead. Okay, I feel like we're we're. I'm trying to think of another. Okay, so have you seen? So J Lo basically did another movie, which is kind of on a similar mm. premise of this. Um, it's called The Second Act. No, no, I haven't seen that. You need to watch it. It's so good. Okay. I actually really like this movie. It's like a new rom com movie that you just like. It's not too much. You, it's a cute feel good movie. Um, but it's in the same premise, and they basically cast Maya Ventimiglia opposite her, and it is a good okay. pairing. Well, I shall look into it, Fee, and I will add it to my considerations. Although, yeah. <laughs> Although Milo Ventimiglia would have been like, it's like a teenager when she filmed this movie, so that oh. would have been appropriate. Hugh Grant. Eh. He has the whole British thing going, and apparently, so that was one of my facts as well. Ralph Fiennes was supposed to be a British guest. Um, in oh. the movie, and it was 
I don't know why they changed it to him being like a New Yorker or something, but yeah. Okay, so moving on. Uh, yeah, like you mentioned, Fee, lack of chemistry was something that kept um, kept coming up from the critics. Um, they thought it was cliched. Someone said it was a stale Cinderella story. A stale Cinderella story. Someone else, well, that's something that came up a few times, actually, that they thought it was a poor version of the Cinderella story. Another thing that came up quite a few times, which I was surprised by, is people said, it, um, well, critics said it was a bad version of Pretty Woman, which I, did, I, I don't get that at all. I don't get that at all. But yeah, I mean, in general, they thought it was um, a predictable storyline and a fa- I mean, uh, th- um, they called it a fantasy overload, but in a good way, like, it, meaning it in a positive way, but I, I, I mean, I guess so. I guess it's the whole fairy tale Cinderella element that makes it very gushy and like mushy and but um, yeah, I mean, one thing I did want to discuss is um, what you thought of the female relationships in this movie. I mean, I think we kind of went over in terms of her mum, but I did like, I mm-hmm. did like the whole, the genuine, yeah, I think that I, I really like the genuine relationship that she had with her friends, but just like in the hotel, like everyone was just willing to do her a solid and like everyone really loved yeah. this woman and like... And that's why I think J-Lo, like, does a, like such a, a family, good job. Yeah. Like, even though this movie's mm. shite, but, like, J-Lo does such a good job as, as a character because, like, you really believe that yeah. everyone is just really wanting the best for this one woman and really just wants, like, things to just go good for this one woman. Even, like, a character that we think is, like, harsh, like Lionel, he, like, is the sweetest person mm-hmm. and, like, will do or will go that extra mile for someone like Marissa. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think that character yeah. is just so sweet um, and hardworking and, and you really do see that. And then um, I think, yeah, I do like the female friendships. I do like her friend, Stephanie, that like she did the application for her because she didn't, mm-hmm. because Marissa didn't believe in herself. Her manager who was like, yeah. no, I, I like, if I am going to see your application, I'm going to make sure um it goes it goes there but like because the thing is who even does that right now like do you know what i mean it's such a yeah. yeah it's also like now that i think about it it's yeah it's a good lesson in terms of um in terms of like teaching kids about like how to um respect everyone and stuff but it's also teaching women or like little girls on how to not compete with women and like women are allies and like yeah, in certain of mm-hmm, areas of the mm-hmm, movie, gets mm-hmm. a bit if if fumbles with like you know you have Natasha Har- Richardson's character and whatever, but like predominantly in the message is like you know being like uh, like what's it called urging your friends is a good thing you know um, mm-hmm. reach for your highest potential like lift other women up if you're right. in a higher position uh, don't settle for less. Um, and she's doing that so much while be whilst being a mother. I think that's incredible. That's a superpower mm-hmm. on its own. Um, but yeah, I, I love the female relationships. Obviously, with the exception of the mum, I think that is a trope that was really unnecessary for me. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't resonate with that. But I mean, you know, you do have, you do have parents like that that are like, no, yeah. that's impossible. Um, 
Um, so then I, I think, yeah, I think with, with the exception of the mother, I think all female relationships are positive. But yeah, I, and now yeah. I understand yeah. and I kind of take by my previous comment about like the whole, the, the mum. I think, I think she, for, for the mum, I think it was just kind of a precautious thing of always needing to have something stable. Whereas like, right, yeah. Marissa's yeah. kind it's, of, it, yeah. In a way, it's, it's almost like protecting Marissa by saying, you know what, just stay yeah. here. Do, basically, do what you know and you'll be yeah. fine. Because so and, many parents yeah, do and, that. Now they do mm, that as well. I mean, mm-hmm, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so many parents um, don't want mm. their kids to go off, like, to a certain extent. Like, to, don't want their kids to follow their dreams because if they fail, it's going to be really hard to pick them up. But that's what's scaring the parents, right. which I totally understand. It's just natural. Yeah, instinct. and just that disappointment that their child might face. Exactly, exactly. But yeah. I, I I do think that the trope was a bit unnecessary. I don't know. I'm I'm really yeah. Really I see that. that. But what about yeah. you? What what do you think, Belle? Um, with Marissa's mum, I think it was definitely a case of wanting to protect her more than trying to belittle her. But I think in the end, mm-hmm. it all just looked like she was trying to belittle her. But at the same time, you can you can clearly tell that she's just doing what she knows obviously she's a, she's an older woman and maybe she's you know gone through life and experienced yeah. certain things and she just thinks you know what you know saying you know thinking about her daughter she's a single mother you know don't take any risks don't take any big risks and risk losing your job you know just stay where you are be comfortable which some people unfortunately have the idea but obviously it's always good to aim high and that's what you know everyone really should be yeah exactly what everyone should be doing because everyone has dreams how you know however you know and dreams Mm -hmm. are you know Mm -hmm. some someone's dreams may not be as grand as yours but it's still it's still their dreams so yeah exactly so yeah i think the relationship with the mum. i don't think like you i don't think it was needed but yeah, it could have done without it. Definitely could have done without yeah, it. Yeah, but I understand the reasoning behind it because yeah. it was like, yeah, you get this is a perfect fairy tale, but mm-hmm. there are like there that this is a realistic, um, there this is a realistic uh, what's the word um, hurdle that you're gonna have to mm-hmm. go through like people disapproving of what you want to do and what you love. It's such a it's such a relevant theme thing that we go through nowadays as well is like tuning out other people's voices to follow what mm. you really love and follow what you want to do in life um it's such a hard mental game to do but you know and i think that yeah again i i mean i understand the trope was probably not needed but i totally understand of why it was kept in mm. it was just to kind of make the story more realistic and more like more relatable yeah. i want to say yeah but yeah yeah um and what about like i mean i think i would say there's not that many male relationships um but yeah what about the male relationships like how are the men i guess portrayed in this movie i mean the the ones that kind of come to mind will be um um the men that she works with and that would be lionel her manager and 
the man that looks at the cameras he looks at like he's in charge of like i think the security at the hotel i think it's keith, keith. we'll oh, go with well. keith we'll go with keith fee we'll go with keith but um yeah i think they they represent or loosely they they're loose i think they're loosely there to represent father figures for her because they're older men mm-hmm. and they look out for her and um once Lionel sees Marissa on the camera obviously um wearing one of the guests clothes he doesn't report her like he's supposed to he just kind of brushes it mm-hmm. under the carpet and he's trying to protect her and so is Lionel Lionel yeah. um Lionel wants her to move up the ranks and become a manager so I think we see yeah, yeah. we see good all round we see good male role models yeah 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 did you um did you think there were any positive or negative male um representations i think um i think yeah i think i agree with you that like all the men that she works with are like a form of protection that Mm. she has not that she needs it obviously but um yeah they're like all there for her and again it goes back to my point of like everyone in the hotel is literally just there for this woman Mm -hmm. and supporting her in in any way that they can even looking after her kid like yeah which is so un i don't know you're like you're not allowed to do that um but everyone is just yeah everyone's just so like ready to help her chris i don't know if he's like I don't know about their relationship. Like, I don't think it would survive later on. Okay. Um, just because I think he's, as a person, is, like, too... Not immature, but, like... Immature. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word I can think of. Oh, um, okay. Not immature, sorry. He's a bit, like, play- he's a bit too playful and very, like... Um, Very, like, things in life don't affect him because obviously he's come from this bigger this stable and more financially secured background mm. whereas she's obviously had to work hard for mm-hmm. everything she's got so i think that i mean yeah of course couples like that get get along with all the time and you know do make it through and see it through but majority of the times you do have very um uh diverse opinions about like how certain things should yeah. be and it's very contrasting and that can like that could be a reason why I don't think they would last um uh yeah I think other than that yeah like I yeah like you said like the fathers are absent in this mm-hmm. movie as well just to kind of portray how strong the women are um and yeah I think I would end on that note so I think we're gonna do our ratings now. So Belle, what would you rate this? Made in Manhattan out of five? Mm, I five. would give it I'm gonna say somewhere in the middle because it was quite average. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it quite an average score. I need a number. <laughs> I can hear like the countdown um, somewhere clock going. in the middle. my answer (laughs) my answer is 3.5 oh wow explain (laughs) oh because it's average oh okay okay (laughs) that was my whole explanation oh okay 
I was get I was preparing you for the arts. Wow. For, for my score. Uh, average is clearly you different in our dictionary. Is that quite generous? Um, I am no, because I think I gave like Valentine's Day or three or something, and I love that movie. Uh, or. Something, Ooh, okay. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, you know, start rethinking. No, no, no I don't want you. To, I don't want to influence your voting. No, no, no. Oh, I don't okay, know. Go I'm gonna sing. I'm thinking a two point seven. Fucking hell! It's so <laughs> random. Uh, there she okay. goes again, dropping decimal numbers at me. Go on. <laughs> I'll stick with a. Th- what did I say? A three point five or something. You know, I'll give it a okay. three. Maybe a three point two. Oh, here we fucking go. <laughs> okay. Final, Do you want to give a pie number three point one four? Final answer. Oh my god, here we go. Because I'm just thinking of all the other movies and what I've scored it, and I thought seven hours um, later. Pr- SpongeBob <laughs> meme. <laughs> so to to conclude. <laughs> I will give it a three. Yay! <laughs> Finally got there. Oh, and what would you what would you give it, Fee? I think I'm gonna give it two or a two point five. I think I'm gonna go with two point five. See, you're just stealing my. <laughs> I was always gonna give it a two or a two point five. You you defined oh, it as goodness. average and stuff, and I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, was your decision for the um, two point five to give okay. it two point five? I'm gonna give <laughs> or two point two five. Should I say? Okay, no, yeah, half a point for the soundtrack, <laughs> one point, one whole point for J Lo because she looked yes. phenomenal in this yeah. movie, and she, I love J Lo. Um, and then another point for like the hotel and the friendships and just the way everyone was there for her and the mm. female. The strong female characters and yeah I'm gonna give it a 2.5 just because of that um, on that note <laughs> what are we going to be discussing next week Bell? next week so next week we what we are looking at two weeks notice and that, oh I didn't even know that wow yeah surprise 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 but, yeah so you grant we're looking at um two weeks notice and like always um you guys um we encourage you to watch the movies join in on the conversation send us messages and yeah there we go so yeah, yeah i'm a little bit of hugh grant and sandy yeah let us know what you think in the comments you can tweet us at flick talk pod and instagram is actually the same username as well um and and with that, ladies and gents, we'll see you next week. We will bid you Another adieu. Two weeks. Thanks for joining us once again, guys. Take, Take care, care. Stay safe. And stay safe. Bye. Bye.